Welcome to the Emotional Curriculum with me, Dr. Sarah Taylor Whiteway. When we think of children and young people, we think of them being cared for rather than caring for others. But the 2011 census identified almost 178,000 young carers in England and Wales. One in eight of those was under eight. And it's likely that this is just the tip of the iceberg. In this episode, we speak to Gemma Goff, an educational psychologist from Warwickshire County Council. We discuss her study, which explores the resiliency factors that lead to positive outcomes for young carers and how schools can contribute to this. Gemma, welcome to the Emotional Curriculum. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk about your research into young carers. So I wanted to start off just by asking you what got you interested in this area? Yeah, it takes me back. It was when I was working in my previous role before becoming an educational psychologist. I was um, within the area of youth work and I was on a placement with a local young carers project and I spent six months with them and getting involved in their project and supporting different activities and I have to say it was really eye-opening and I was just really enthused by the project and the work that they were doing to support these children young people and families and by the young carers themselves the young people and spent a lot of time with them and and hearing about their roles and I think I was really taken back by just how much these young people were doing often very unnoticed or perhaps not recognized in other areas of, of their lives I guess when I was looking at what topic to explore I thought that that it felt something that really struck a chord with me and that I would have liked to take my knowledge of psychology and use that and see how we can kind of extend our understanding and, and support for this this group of children and young people. I think what stood out was not only some of the challenges that they were facing but also just the sense of kind of pride and modesty that came with with their caregiving roles and I was really keen to kind of understand and explore that more hoping that it would lead to some benefit for them as a group of young people. Yeah and what I really liked about your research was the positive focus and we're going to come back and talk about that a bit later on but first I thought it'd be useful to try and define the term young carers. Good question and another area of debate within the literature really because there are, as you can imagine, many definitions out there but not a universally accepted definition as such because young a young carer themselves may not define themselves as a young carer. But how I come to view it and understood it was around a child or young person who is carrying out a caring role, whether that is to support someone living within the home, maybe a family member, sibling or even grandparent that needed either physical support, emotional support. Perhaps it's someone within the family also with substance or alcohol misuse it really really varies and I think that is why 
when you look at the studies and the research done around it, it has been tricky when kind of profiling this group of young people because it can look very different to each individual young carer in terms of who they're caring for, in terms of if that young person identifies as a young carer or not. The extent of the caregiving role, is it, you know, a couple of hours a week right up to someone who may be the, what we'd call a primary carer, so perhaps the sole caregiver who may be doing... 25 plus hours I think some literature has shown that young carers there's some doing 50 hours of caregiving a week and I think it's really important how the young person may describe it themselves and and I guess that was why I was really keen to start it off from the perception of the young carers themselves. Yeah it's really interesting to think about whether they see themselves like that because I think attributing a label to their identity could be a bit problematic. I guess it comes from a really good place where if we can identify and give it a name, it might lead to support for that young person and greater understanding. But at the same time, a child might or a young person might say, you know, they're just being a son, being a daughter. It comes from a place of affection and love and that they don't see it as, you know, a job or a role. It's just their relationship with that person. So I think it's it's about being yeah, really sensitive with our language and um, I guess seeing from the young person's perspective if, it, if it's a helpful label to use. And listening to you, it really struck me how hidden this could be, how there's a, such a range of needs that the person could be caring for that you might not even know that a person is a young carer. Yeah, I think sadly there still can be a lot of a stigma around, I don't know, disability or mental health need within the family. Um, a young person may keep that quite private through fear of maybe like uh, other services getting involved or perhaps there being changes or that maybe their parent getting in trouble or something like that. They might worry that if they do tell someone, what might that mean for them and their family? Um, may they be judged differently? Will they be treated differently? So yeah, I think that's a it's a really complex area, really. So as you said, your study tried to take a positive perspective on young carers' experiences, and there's a few theories that you draw on. The first is a positive psychology approach. How would you describe what this is? For me, it's around trying to take a really strength-based perspective on a situation. I think historically in the way perhaps psychological theories have come about often there can be a focus on deficits or pathology and for me it was trying to take this positive psychology lens to see what can we build on what what strengths are there what virtue is there uh, within this role because it was coming up uh, not only from personal experience from working with young carers but also there was a growing area within the literature that was saying actually we really value our role it gives us something to uh, focus on and keeps us contributing to our family and there was a lot of sense of pride around that and a sense that they were developing a lot of really important life skills things around independence and even things like caring skills which you know depending on future professions and things but I felt that it was standing out 
that a positive psychology lens when looking at and appreciating the worth that some of the young carers were holding within their role and I felt that that would be really helpful to explore further and it was kind of coming through there were some researchers saying around the value of the caregiving role for the young person and that Absolutely, we need to acknowledge the challenges, we need to acknowledge some of the negative impacts potentially, but also spend some time thinking around what are maybe some of the benefits, some of the strengths. You mentioned benefits there, you also focus on benefit finding and growth through adversity. Can you say a bit more about this? Yeah, it's often likened to maybe adults who've had health conditions where maybe something like cancer, where they've kind of come through it and then have noticed actually a lot of positive things, a lot of growth through that experience and that challenge, new things they've learned about themselves and ways of coping that they've developed and was really interested. There were a smaller group of psychologists looking at this concept of benefit finding within young young caregiving and seeing is is this a relevant construct and if so how can we learn a bit more about it to understand how we can support that it's a really refreshing lens to not be looking at difficulties and another theory you looked at was resiliency theory so what is this yeah sure so that was a, a huge part of my theoretical basis of the study and it's it's the idea of positive outcomes in spite of exposure to adversity so that's a bit wordy so the idea that it's not just about positive outcomes or well-being it's this idea that maybe the child young person has had exposure to some risk and I guess in this case risk was positioned as a young caregiving role given all of the research that were highlighting the potential risks associated with the young caregiving role but then what it would mean in terms of a resilience perspective is that young person in spite of that exposure to potential risk going on to achieve positive well-being the idea of overcoming the odds so resilience literature came about from those that were uh, studying outcomes for children and young people who'd grown up in um, adverse situations but they'd noticed they'd kind of overcome the odds and have gone on to maybe achieve well within work life or personal life or their health and well-being and I guess it's them being really curious as to how can people perhaps in similar situations what enables perhaps one pathway to go off on a more kind of positive and yeah more optimistic outcome and trying to unpick what enabled that what contributed to that so that we can learn from that because that's it's amazing isn't it something's happened whether that's at an individual level something about the individual themselves or whether it was at an environmental level so what was it about the people or the places that that young person was engaging with that enabled them to to kind of overcome the odds and do well in spite of that risk or stresses. So you touched on some of the risk factors whilst you were talking then. So what has research already told us about the experiences of young carers and risk factors? Yeah, so the research initially was doing a lot of kind of profiling, as mentioned, understand around the nature and extent of caregiving. And then it it was finding actually reports of 
quite a lot of challenges associated with the role, potential for, you know, really detrimental impacts for the child and young person. So some of the key themes coming through were impacting on mental well-being, impacting on life satisfaction, increased risk for depression and anxiety, impact on kind of peer networks, restricted social access and underachievement within education so I guess three kind of areas impacting on psychological well-being social well-being and then educational um, outcomes also that some of the young people within the studies were also reporting some positive outcomes and, and the benefit finding literature that was starting to grow around that and saying that perhaps more needs to be done to understand and explore that side of of the role as well and give voice to give voice to that. So we've talked a little bit about your own purpose for doing the study and wanting to see what supports resilience in young carers. How did you go about exploring this? Yeah, so I took a mixed method study initially because in terms of trying to identify the factors that might have been relevant to explore, I was keen to do initially a focus group to get the perceptions from the young carers themselves so that it was kind of grounded in their views. I felt that that was really important as opposed to trying to just pull out a few and then um, kind of investigate them. I wanted it to come from the bottom up in that way. So it started off with a, a small focus group and the cohort were educationally achieving young carers. So that was used as a bit of a marker of resilience. So the young people involved in the focus group had achieved their, I think at the time it was five a star to C grade GCSEs. It's all changed now with levels and things, hasn't it? But so that was used as a bit of a marker of resilience. And it was a focus group where we spoke through a range of semi-structured interview questions to get their views on what supported and enabled them to kind of adjust to their roles, what helped. And then from that, I pulled out three factors. So it was used within a questionnaire again to try and see whether the views from that smaller group could be mapped and what that looked like within a larger sample where these factors something that was relevant and could be seen within a, a more kind of representative group so there were 46 who completed the questionnaire in the end which I think would be considered quite quite small group it enabled some correlational analysis so it was very much correlational and so what were the factors that you found contributed to resiliency? Yeah, so I did a thematic analysis, which which basically looked at what themes came up. And there were a big focus, obviously, on protective factors and also perceived benefits. So within the first focus group, there were things around sense of agency, which came up. And that was one of the key themes I pulled out to explore and considered self-efficacy. So within this, there was the young people describing a lot of things that would suggest they were really determined within their personal characters and were really quite empowered to make a difference and to kind of overcome things. And it, it really came through, I guess, at that kind of individual level. Social support was a big theme that came through. So within that kind of being able to talk to others, being able to talk to those who had it were in a similar situation or could share an understanding so they spoke about the support of the young carers project itself 
They spoke about wider family support, spoke about support within the family, having siblings, extended family support. So social support was also a really key theme. Positive appraisal of the young caregiving role as well. They viewed that really positively. Strong attachment to pets came up. Some had had a pet at home. And again, I think it was thinking about that connection and perhaps reducing feelings of loneliness at times. And then time to be a child again, that was one of the other themes. So time associated with the young carers project to do it was described as normal childhood activities and catching up on childhood. School came up as a theme, but it was quite mixed. It was variable. So a few of the young carers spoke around it being a really positive place and actually a safe haven, whereas for others it wasn't quite as positive experience. So that was again a factor that I explored within the second phase. So I pulled out social support as a potential protective factor, self-efficacy and school connectedness. I was keen to explore does a sense of how connected the young person feels to their school, how does that correlate with, with wellbeing outcomes? And so you drew out those three themes and you incorporated those into a questionnaire for a larger group of young carers during phase two. Could you tell us more about the process at the second stage and what you found out? So in phase two was informed by the young people's views from the study, whilst also looking at existing resilience literature and which ones to kind of pull out. Because what I also did was correlate them with mental wellbeing outcomes. So... That was how then it led to being able to think about the relationships. So I had those three factors which were explored alongside uh, mental well-being. So I used the Warwick and Edinburgh Mental Wellbeing Scale, the Strengths and Difficulties Questionnaire. So that was summed as kind of total difficulties. And then the Benefit Finding in Child Caregivers Scale by Cassidy and Giles 2013. So they were kind of, I suppose, my outcome Mm -hmm. measures that I wanted to see the relationship with it so self-efficacy was kind of the strongest correlate self-efficacy school connectedness and social support all correlated with mental well-being so um, I suppose important to say that that wasn't then causal but where there were higher levels of perceived self-efficacy there were then higher levels of perceived mental well-being or there were lower levels of total difficulties Mm -hmm. so self-efficacy was had the strongest relationship with adjustment outcomes school connectedness did too that was the kind of second correlate so that was found again with mental well-being and reduced total difficulties and benefit finding social support that correlated with mental well-being and total difficulties but only for satisfaction so within the social support scale I used um, it looked at the perceived satisfaction with their social support and also the network so that looked at more like the size so the network was positively correlated with mental well-being but it wasn't in terms of there wasn't a relationship with total difficulties or benefit finding. So I suppose all the other factors seem to be very relevant things to be considering. My understanding and and thinking around perhaps why the network wasn't, or the size, is is maybe related to the fact that it's more the quality of that support Mm. that was deemed important as opposed to the size. And it, it probably makes sense with 
some of the social challenges young carers may have in accessing social support anyway. So perhaps it wasn't necessarily that they had lots of different people to go to. It was actually more around the quality of the, the satisfaction with the support they had, which I think kind of made sense. Yeah, I agree. Having one or two good friends is much more impactful than having a large number of more distant friends. And so that finding of self-efficacy and school connectedness having such positive correlation with positive outcomes for young carers, that has a lot of implications for people working in school. So what things do you think we can do or schools can do to support young carers? Yeah, and I think what came out from the study is really positive for schools because it was school connectedness was a significant correlate. So that would suggest if a um, young person has a sense of school connectedness, hopefully that's going to be a real protective factor for them. So schools are so well placed to be trying to support that, trying to think around how they can support that young person's engagement and attachment to school. A real supportive way of doing that is thinking around relationships with staff and One of the young people within the study had had just mentioned around having one supportive teacher. And that comes up time and time again in resilience literature. It's Mm. not about having lots, but just one teacher in school who is there, who can be consistent for them and and understanding and supportive of their situation is going to be really helpful. I guess even pre to that, though, it's identifying them, isn't it? Having that kind of sensitive conversation with them and also spotting in terms of school connectedness looking out for attendance issues young people who may be struggling with attendance arriving late seeing that as as a potential risk factor and trying to intervene early and get to know the circumstances perhaps around that or maybe it's a young carer who's struggling a lot with homework or getting that in and and trying to notice that the amazing thing school can offer in terms of it being a real protective factor so opportunities to connect with peers so supporting their social relationships opportunities to take part in hobbies and clubs understandably time after school that might be really tricky in terms of caregiving role but perhaps thinking what could be done at lunchtime breaks times to really foster those kind of broader developments around hobbies and interests and that would probably tie in with uh, self-efficacy so I think again schools are really well placed to be trying to to build opportunities for self-efficacy and helping that young person to to shine in whatever way they can and helping that young person to learn where their skills are and have chances to use those and hear lots of really positive feedback from staff to give them that reassurance and um, verbal feedback and encouragement to really help kind of foster that thinking and social support again the third area that I looked into think about those relationships for the young person who are their friendships who could we be connecting them to do they need perhaps a mentor I think all the three factors I look at school are really well placed to be trying to promote that it's really nice to hear you talk about all those things and the positive ways that schools can influence sometimes by just a little change Like you said, just one connection can be a really important protective factor, I think. I think what really stood out is that each young carer's circumstances is going to be really individual. There may be somewhere it's, you know, incredibly challenging and it may be related to perhaps the extent and nature of their caregiving. And they may need a very different 
approach to maybe a young carer who is maybe doing less or more kind of perceives their role positively and again they may need something different so I guess it's approaching it in a really kind of holistic and open mind and not trying to not make assumptions even how well in intended they might be trying to think around what they would find helpful so that it doesn't kind of further stigmatize the role or make them feel less empowered but actually what would they find helpful and that might be light touch or it might it might actually be really much more support depending on that child's circumstances and linking with the family is going to be key I think and linking up uh, young carers projects that schools might know of in the community that the young people all spoke so highly of that support so yeah really looking out for when they could be maybe supporting them to engage with with a service like that. So that individualised approach and that goes down to what we started with, with understanding whether the person wants to be referred to and called a young carer and categorised as that. So there's so many things that schools can do and lots we've spoken about, but what one thing would you like people listening to this to take away and remember from our conversation? I think it's uh, relationships and social connectedness. And I think it could be a potentially very isolating role and just in whatever shape or form you can help that young person to either feel connected to a staff member in school a peer group or someone supportive in their local community if they'd rather keep it separate to school so helping them feel connected to a young carers project and a really positive note to end on with the theme of positivity it's been really nice to take this stance and have this conversation with you Gemma thank you so much thank you I've really enjoyed doing this And thank you for listening. You can find out more about Gemma's work in the podcast description. And if you like this episode, then please do subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at emcurriculum. And you can email us on theemotionalcurriculum at gmail.com. See you soon.